0: From the news capital of the world, you've landed on the Daily Objective from the Ayn Rand Center UK, bringing you history's largest daily network of original programming, influenced and inspired by Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism. And we have, as they say, breaking news for you today on a story that is quite germane to our at-home viewers, subscribers, members from jolly old England, this breaking news that Liz Truss, prime minister for what, Nikos, 40-some days, Forty-four days. She's resigned. And she was, you know, uh, essentially, as we had covered here in the channel, been open at least, unlike so many previous uh, prime ministers, open to some basic individualist free market ideas, fracking legalization of immigration among the rest. That's all off now. So we're gonna cover it as always, from hopefully the the perspective of a student of philosophy. We're all students here learning together. We're here with Mark Pellegrino, actor, activist, uh, host and great friend of the channel, thank you, Mark, for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Because obviously, you are, you're uh, thank you for having me. And, and Nikos, we're going to need you more than anyone. I mean, you are not only a scholar uh, at several institutions around the world, but an astute observer of the political scene. So, you know, get us started here and bring our audience who I know is global and from all around the world. I see Ali, Robert, Kathleen. Uh, Francis, so many awesome super chatters and supporters for the channel already streaming into the the super chat. Bring us up to speed on just essentially, especially from a philosophical perspective, what the heck's going on in the UK?
2: Yeah, so Lenin had this phrase that sometimes in years, you get years where nothing happens and then weeks when years are happening. And this is one of these cases. These last weeks have been a historical time and a time of clarity. So 45 days ago, Liz Truss becomes the new prime minister in the UK. And she has a very clear message. Her message is, which she put it on the table before she became prime minister, that I will be a prime minister who will try to liberalize the economy, to to cut taxes and to bring some measures such as uh, uh, getting rid of some useless regulations mostly on a symbolic level nothing very very important and i will i need to do this because we come after years of crazy spending because of covid and uh, because of very low interest rates and also we are in a posi- we are in a period of inflation and the energy prices are going to go up so i need to do something drastic and for once she said we need to stand up to what we are supposed to believe which is that the free market is going to get us out of this mess. And she chose a, also a finance minister, as we would call him in the US, who was a part of this program. Now, what happened was the biggest attack by every single part of public opinion and of opinion makers to this program by least trust newspapers, academics, other politicians, international institutions, and also the markets voted in some ways with their wallet. It seemed to be the case and actually uh, seem not to be very enthusiastic with the reforms in the UK. And then, least tra- Oh, by the way, super important lesson here. We've been told by leftists for ages that we live in a society and a culture where capitalism is dominating. We live in this neoliberalism hegemony, people in the left tell us. And what did we see happening? First time in a generation, first time after Margaret Thatcher, where a politician whispers, whispers something about freedom, something about free market, and she lasts 45 days. However, I have very little sympathy for least trust, despite all this. Why? Because when people were up in arms, what did she do? She started the compromises. First thing, she told to the finance minister, who is this group that no one likes? The very rich. Oh, whatever, whatever tax release we gave to them, take it back. As if thinking that what she needed to do was appease. What are you going to appease? The Guardian? Are you going to appease George mombio? Is this how you plan to... Govern anyway. As if this was not enough. Uh, by the way, at that moment, we—when I say we, I mean our community—or at least me and Razi—we knew it was over. <laughs> Once you take this thing back and you throw under the bus the reeds, and you say, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna kickstart the economy," but who cares about these people? These people, we're gonna milk them. The next step was some weeks later to fire the finance minister, the the Chancellor uh, Quarteng. She thought that she could save herself by doing this. Of course, she couldn't. She was done for. And yet today, some hours ago, happened what everyone was expecting to happen, which is that the Tory party got rid of her. So there are many lessons, uh, many things that could happen now, many things that we say, but this is the overview of the last few weeks. Back to you, Mark Abani. Bertrand
0: on the super chat says, "If you can't stand up for principles, you don't have any."
1: That's right. I mean, um, if, if, if we've seen it time and time again. You know, when you when you lay a principle down and then go back on it, you've lost the fight uh, already. Uh, this is this is a very disturbing piece of news to me, Nikos. You're going to have to help me find the positive in this because she proposed she proposed an economic plan that was very Reagan-esque, very Thatcher-esque and has always worked in the past to to derail uh the the, the kinds of uh economic issues that we have today you know in, in, inflation uh, uh, stag stagflation uh, impending recession and depression it's always libera- liberalizing markets that have helped this but uh but to see the world markets and pundits aligned against liberalization in such a way as to cause according to yahoo news at least market chaos um, is disturbing it feels like uh, we've now crossed the rubicon so to speak and we're in status territory and to and to meta- and to uh, exercise ourselves from there to cut ourselves out of that status tumor, is it will will kill the vic- will kill us uh, somebody helped me see the bright side to the to free market uh, politician losing.
0: Well, Nikos, I don't know if Nikos, you want to jump in there, but I'll, uh, I'll go first. Oh, Jonathan and then
2: I'll, I'll jump in.
0: Oh, well, I'll just say, you know, the, the irony, Mark, as you alluded you alluded to I mean, we people always say, what if you could get a great objectivist into could be president? What if we could get Your Own Brook to be president? What if we could get Doctor Peakoff to be president? And, you know, the truth is, is that no one would listen to them. I mean, it seems, again, this is from an American's perspective, alluding to what you said, Nikos, as if these ideas are simply not popular. Individualism is seen as abhorrent. It is not seen as virtuous. And not unlike what happened here during the Obama years, when the so-called stimulus for the 2008 financial crisis, they said they voted against the stimulus, the market went down, and then everyone said, oh, we better have a stimulus. I mean, there's there's no trust even, Mark, to your point that, gee, if we stick to free market principles over the long run, wealth is created. The expectation is, is gee, if market goes down, we better do something. We have to have a stimulus. You know, if, if we have a free market prime minister in the UK, the market goes down. Oh, we got to get rid of her. And um, it's just a, such a, 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 unfortunately, a short-term thinking, but it kind of gets to what you both, I think, are always illuminated. And the fact is that you can't put politics ahead of, a uh, uh, philosophy, and perhaps the public is simply not ready for these free market ideologies, at least in the UK. And thank you, Ashley. Thank you, free trade. Thank you, Marylene, all uh, supporting us this afternoon. And we'll get to your, your questions in just a minute.
1: Well, just, 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 just to say really quick before Nikos, before you jump in, I mean, you know, the, the, we cannot be ready for these free market principles. But the longer this goes on, the more it's going to hurt when we when we actually have to to save our own lives go back to these free market principles. You can't avoid the pain now, folks.
2: So yeah, this is where I'm getting at. So I'm not saying that there's something positive. I'm saying there's something interesting. And here's the interesting thing. So sooner or later, actually more towards the sooner than towards the later, the, the economy is going to completely tank, right? And then What will be the narrative? The narrative will be that, oh, it was neoliberalism. It was free market fundamentalism. All this BS that we hear from the left, except that this time it will be very, very, very difficult to sell this argument. I'm trying to find some uh, interesting data that I had in front of me, but anyway. So if you see actually how statism has worked for the UK all these years, where is the debt in relation to GDP? How much is their unfunded liabilities? How much is the absolute, uh, the, the, the external debt? How much is their deficit? When you see all these things, and when you tell them, people, for, 40, for two weeks, basically, for two weeks, we had, quote, a neoliberal in government. We had, quote... Uh, How to put it? We had, quote, a free marketeer in government. Are you trying to tell me that from 1989 or from 1991, when was that Thatcher uh, uh, fell from uh, power? Till today. It was these two weeks. It was the two weeks of neoliberalism that brought us there. Under Labour, the state... Became larger and actually, labor gave us new labor. With Blair, gave us the nanny state. Cameron was this new Tory party. He didn't want it anymore to be known as the as the nasty party. So he tried to he changed the logo. The idea was we have nothing to do with the, the Thatcher and these things. Then we had Boris Johnson, who spent like there was no tomorrow. In, uh, during the pandemic he was also the guy who went all in in the green agenda and among all these things we had literally two weeks of someone who whispered he didn't even put the pol- the policies in practice whispered something about it, free markets it now it really emphasizes doesn't it mark the the importance of morality
0: because look if you wanted to make people wealthy you would vote for a capitalist economy we know that that, but because it seems like it's seen as so abhorrent, oh, you're being selfish. Like Nico said, you're, you're uh, favoring the so-called rich. It's like that's off the table. Mary wants once asks, how is this going to affect the U.S. economy? Look, a, a more poor U.K. is worse for citizens of the U.K. and the rest of the world in terms of trade, in terms of innovation. Uh, wherever there could be capitalism is there, and there's not, there's a wasted opportunity for, for us all
1: not only that but yahoo news when they when they wrote the article about this um, fiasco uh, has sort of fired a shot over the bow of politicians internationally saying that this should be a cue for all politicians to watch what they do now that that is a scary warning that to me is is telling any politician who 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 thinks that the free market and tax cuts are going to pull us out of the nosedive that we're in should take fair warning from what from her meltdown in England and not do that anymore. Keep keep yourself connected to this state apparatus and and keep the IVs uh, from the state flowing into your veins because there's there's no other solution. That's scary to me, man.
2: It is scary, but you know what is going to be scarier for them? Reality. Reality. But have they? But have scary. they? Have they? Check
1: it out now, now. I just I just helped my adopted daughter with uh, with her, her, her college history, and it was about the industrial Revo- the industrial revolution and the New Deal. It was it was a fluff job. There was it was it was, um, it was as if the Republicans were evil villains uh, whose interests were thrown in for the wealthy. Everybody else was struggling and in decay. Along comes FDR and he makes everything better. This is the world that we're 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 living in right now, where there is contempt for wealth, a lack of understanding of where it comes from, and how it's produced, and what preserves it, and how generalized that wealth becomes, and how. How, how well distributed it actually becomes in a free society. There's contempt for liberalism everywhere. Even in the, the conservatives in America who are supposed to be the guardians of classical liberalism have abandoned it completely. I'm just reading a book now where uh, called The Psychology of, uh, of Totalitarianism, where the person, ostensibly a conservative, is embracing the idea that the enlightenment and individualism are responsible for the totalitarian mind Okay. This is the twisted world we live in. So all I'm saying is reality happens and yet it is evaded. (laughs) And that evasion is codified in textbooks and passed on to people. And the evasion continues. We've been in 125 years of evasion. How much reality can people take?
0: Ali, thank you for your generous contribution. Ali says, interesting episode, boys. I understand economics a little bit better when y'all talk about the markets like this. Math was really not my strong point. LOL. I don't. Well, I actually don't think it's necessarily any of our strong points either. But we all know just from a observation of history that the most prosperous countries, the most prosperous periods, have always been the most capitalist. And you know, to your point, Mark, I, maybe I'm projecting, but it's not necessarily wealth necessarily. It seems like they're against, but it's the idea of selfish wealth. Right. You know, the idea if you're going to just let billionaires keep their wealth, that's that's selfish, that's rewarding selfishness, not rewarding need. It just seems like that's what's seen is so absolutely abhorrent these days that, you know, if you are if you are um, acknowledging uh, where wealth comes from and respectful of those who produce it, you are seen as as immoral. You are seen as wrong. And that's a really fundamental a schism in in the global psyche.
2: Let's add something though, so that we give our audience a proper understanding of what happened. So why were the markets so opposed to Liz Truss's program? Now, one element is that they're not comfortable with this type of policies, but there was something else that in which case they had a point. When you're in such a pit, when you're in such a hole in the ground, you also need to make sure that you cut your expenses. So a lot of the criticism was this, that look, you're cutting the money that are going to come in the States because you're cutting taxes, but you're not cutting your expenses. Therefore, what we expect that will happen is that soon you're going to have a bigger deficit. Soon you're going to have to borrow more or do something else. And we don't think that you're going to do this. Now, what would be the obvious solution to say we are going to cut? We are going to cut from the nanny state or uh, from the huge state that is in the UK. I'm not telling you cut from the NHS because this is not going to happen in three centuries. But at least start cutting from the Leviathan, which is the state. And of course, the conservatives are not ready to do this. So it's not completely crazy from the markets, whatever that means to have a pessimist view of the UK future. Of course, they should still have a very pessimist view because uh, at least this step was in the right direction. It was incomplete, but in the right direction. If the of, new prime there, minister is if, Rishi Sunak, as I what hear. Kind of
0: confidence do people have in the ideas of capitalism? At the moment they seem to support them and the markets go down, they say, oh no, oh no, we were just kidding, we were just kidding. And to your point, at least how history is taught in America, is that greedy free market capitalists caused the 2008 global financial crisis. So to your point, that whole revisionist history has been taught so that people like Mark's uh, uh, stepdaughter, uh, that's what they're learning in books as well.
2: So what's gonna happen now? So probably, so first of all, according to the rules, there, there has to be someone from the parliamentary team, let's say of the party. Most people think Rishi Sunak is the one who is going to be the new prime minister. Now, who is this guy? He's a guy who has the typical centrist uh, agenda. So he's gonna say, well, we're gonna at some point we're gonna cut some taxes, but he's gonna be—he uh, was the—he was the guy who was a, a Boris Johnson's guy when it comes to his economic agenda. So it's gonna be more of the same until the ship sinks. And also to understand how one, how difficult is our work in terms of the opinion polls the conservatives are in a historic low when i say historic low i mean the whole history of the party they've never been so unpopular and they were trading something like 30 points behind labor just to remind you that in 2019 conservatives won the election in a landslide 3 years later they're 30 points behind. I don't recall any other time in history that what does this mean? what I remember that I've seen something like that. What does this
1: does this mean that the population of the UK has has been completely socialized and that they're now embedded in political patronage? I mean, oh, let's, of let's, course, let,
2: but did you do you have any doubt about that?
1: Let's let's make no mistake about this for anybody out there who who supports, you know, government programs. The government government programs aren't there to help you. They're, they're political patronage. They're there to make you a constituent, an active constituent of that, that, the, the political party that's giving you that benefit. That's all it is. They're making you a dependent. It's politically cynical. Uh, if you read uh, Burton Folsom Jr.'s book, Raw, New Deal or Raw Deal, you see the way f- f- Franklin Roosevelt used the New Deal programs to manipulate states into voting for him. He got them hooked on the patronage, he got them hooked on the federal government and then they couldn't get out of it, right? They needed it. Their, 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 their constituencies now depended on the patronage of the federal government. And this is what is happening in England too. People are dependent on this crap um, and, and there's no easy solution. Is, as you said nikos sh- she's fell into the same trap that conservatives have been falling into for for decades here in the states they cut taxes but they don't cut spending they spend like drunken sailors so our deficits keep growing and then what gets the short end of the sh- uh, the shrift uh capitalism because these people are supposed to be the the the, van- the vanguard the standard bearers for capitalism and all people see is a, is is more debt more government
0: growth and then- that's exactly what Phil has said. Thank you, Phil. Super great contribution to the Ayn Rand Center UK. Phil says, we get the glib politicians we deserve collectively. The victims are individual capitalists. And James also with a really generous contribution for the Ayn Rand Center UK. Thank you. James says, the moral is the practical. The implementation was rushed and brought more turbulence at the wrong time. This wasn't just unpopular, but badly managed. I mean, Nikos, they needed you out there, I mean, my, you know, my hope is that I'm not giving up UK at all. I think we, are, we have subscribers who are going to be the next generation of political advisors who, not unlike Martin Anderson in the US, was able to abolish the draft. I mean, we just need to get some of the right ideas, not just to the UK culture, but to the UK government, so that when Liz Truss has asked, oh, you're cutting taxes for rich people, somebody could stand up and actually give not just a practical defense, but a moral defense as well. How about
2: it, Nikos? I'm with you in, on on principle. But here, here's the here's the lesson for the activists. We need to be on the rooftops on that. And we need to talk to conservatives all the time and tell them, look, you have been bamboozled. The left has, or to people who have ears, the left has been telling you that you live under capitalism, that capitalism is hege- the hegemonic ideology. Naomi Klein made a career with the idea of the quote, the shock doctrine. We've had the boogeyman of neoliberalism take all this and throw it to the trash. You saw with your own eyes that this is a lie. You had the first person in a generation who was in a position of power, quasi Kwarteng, the, the finance minister. And he lasted, what, two weeks? He lasted even less than 20 days, something like that. And the person, and then he was sacked. And the person who got him there, Lee trust lasted 40 days. What? I'm saying he pulled
0: what we call the United States here a Scaramucci. He was in a position for only a a short period of
2: time. Yeah, this tells you all you need to know about what are the ideas that have shaped the modern world. So that's why in a Machiavellian way, I say when we have the next collapse, which is going to be not very not much in the distant future, I assume, then we need to be ready with our narrative and not do what we did in 2008. Not we, but at least conservatives who were talking about greedy bankers and who were talking about uh, the crisis as if, it, as if it was an act of nature, that one day it rained and the next day it was the crisis.
1: Yeah, but I, I feel like um, the more the more we embrace the concept of democracy, the, the more bromidal politicians become, the, the more soundbitey they get. They don't make sophisticated arguments anymore. And the population is is not capable of, I think, um, retaining any sophisticated arguments. And our position is sort of sophisticated. Now, perhaps we can get somebody who has a genius for jingles who can come up with slogans that, you know, hit people as hard as hope and change, you know, or uh, "or make America great again, and that but that actually has real resonance and, and some, some profound influence. But I wonder, I wonder, you know, you have to make a case and people don't have the intellectual capacity to grasp the case. It's easier to say the rich suck, eat the rich, beat them up. It's easier. It's easier to look at the world as if it's, you know, wealth is a finite pie. And if you have something, it's at my expense. That's the easy way to look at things. And and I see I see that. I see that everywhere in social media. Now it could be that because social media is dominated by the left, that's just the way, that's just the way it is. And there's a, there's a silent majority out there that's deeper, but I don't know, man. I don't, I don't see, I don't see the intellectuals on the right offering the right solutions. You know, Miss Brand's
0: titles, Mark, at this point, virtue, the virtue of selfishness and of capitalism, the unknown ideal, just the titles are still radical. They're still as radical as they were 40 years ago. 30 years and that's, and
1: madness—that's
0: madness. That's
1: madness. It's, it's, that, it's as if we haven't learned anything. And when you see conservatives who are supposed to be the intellectuals uh, of the conservative movement now now coming out against the Enlightenment, against individu- individualism, and even reason, now they're, they're they're becoming radical skeptics themselves and saying, "Look, reason isn't the answer. Reason is, in fact, leading us to this technocracy. This this." totalitarian mindset you have now you have fucking gone down the rabbit hole forgive my pardon my french
2: well if you see if you see what the the cultured warriors of the right in the uk are saying their takeaway of this is that we need a right-wing populist party which will be against immigration against globalism whatever that means and drumroll against free market fundamentalist so i've said so- it in the past i'll say it again the biggest historical injustice in political in modern political history is that Jeremy Corbyn, the socialist, did not become prime minister in 2019. This is exactly what the country deserves. This is exactly what the conservatives deserve. And they're going to get it sooner or later. It's not going to be Corbyn because he he's done, but it's going to be something like Corbyn because the right, the conservative, or the dissident right, however you want to call them, they don't deserve anything better. They're their intellectual cousins and that's what they'll get. This is true,
1: but my concern is once they get that disastrous politician in there who does disastrous things and tanks the economy, like we all know will happen. We'll see the same kinds of evasions and denials that we've been seeing for freaking decades. Uh, did socialism fail in Soviet Union? No, it wasn't socialism. It wasn't real socialism. Did it fail in Venezuela? Ow, it's not real socialism over there. That, you know, all we hear is that it's not real socialism that's failing everywhere in in the world where it's tried. Uh, and and that I think that narrative seems to have resonance with people. It it it, it continues. <laughs> Irrespective of the facts, so okay, the economy tanks. You may, may maybe Nikos. The, the idea is, like, like you said, to stand on the rooftops and trumpet, you know, our our version of things, and maybe it will be enough to tip things in a different direction.
2: I mean, I- Talking about starting from the rooftops uh, tomorrow, I'll be with Yaron in Oslo. So if anyone who have friends in Norway or in Scandinavia, come and say hi. Check out Jaron's Twitter. And on Tuesday, we'll be in Madrid. So we are doing our best. We are traveling. We're talking to people to pass the message. Of course, ARC UK is doing the same. So uh, support uh, Razi. He's the only voice in the UK. Who is, uh, who is a principal voice in the, literally the only voice by the way the think tanks were oh we well, know these were good policies because uh, uh, GDP might percent boring supporting people who are not standing up to the occasion support the iron run Center UK. And we've got so many
0: Kathleen thank you for your contribution. Phil points out that this is a good example of how empires are lost even before they begin, and he also um, makes the point, Nikos, that you predicted this sublimely in your book about tribalism. You foresaw, and you obviously influenced by Miss Rand's philosophy. You know, you uh, you foresaw and you wrote about this. You know, upwards of a year plus ago.
2: Yeah, thanks. I'm not sure what exactly I predicted, but <laughs> I take that I predicted it. <laughs> Marilyn
0: says, The Founder's Fatal Flaw is an excellent essay by Brad Thompson, The Redneck Intellectual. I subscribe to that. It's on Substack. More essays coming. General welfare must go. Just one of many points that apply here. And Nick Bruno, thank you for your contribution. Great, great super chaps here today. I mean, this gives me a lot of hope about the UK. We've got tremendous support all throughout Europe. People are energized by these radical ideas, these leftist ideas, these Uh, nationalist ideas. This is the same old born rehash. Capitalism, objectivism, that's what's radical. And uh, Nick points out that that's the cure to all ills. So thank you to all. Marilyn once again pointing out that the so-called general welfare is socialism and we know how well that's always worked out.
2: Let me also, since we're talking about announcements, announcement, so Uh, I now also have a YouTube channel when this, besides what I'm doing for ARC UK and ARI, I'm going to be posting some personal projects, let's say. The first is a video called Two Productivity Lessons from Howard Rourke. So first, I encourage you to go check it. It's It's a video I'm happy with. But relevant to ARC UK, next weekend, there's going to be a productivity hub for members of ARC UK only on the topic of what we can learn from Howard Rourke. So we will reverse engineer Rourke's productivity and how he's such a creator. And uh, yes, so check out the video, become a member, or if you're a member, you're going to hear from Raz and Daniel about that thing. And it's going to be good. It's not going to be just, oh, he works hard. But how does he work hard? How does he manage to work so consistently? And he works hard, whether he's in the quarry or whether he's, building a skyscraper. So it's going to be an interesting interesting event next weekend, not in three days, in 10 days. You're going to hear more about that. You
0: have to support what we're doing here. We're bringing people like Mark Pellegrino, sending Nikos all around Europe, bringing you live events, getting into the culture, making a difference, being your advocates on the most important issues, intellectual issues, the things that are really going to change the culture. Coming up tonight at 10pm UK, Right, life on Earth with Robert Nasser. He's going to talk about toxic everything. So support us. Be part of our philosophy posse. Be part of what Mark's doing. What Ruka's doing. All of what we're doing. Be part of our daily uh, conversation here. And and, uh, and and thank you for doing it. So we'll we'll wrap it up there. But Mark, I'm going to give you the the last word and any final thoughts about this complete debacle in the UK. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, well, my final thoughts are that. Uh, uh, Ayn Rand's objectivism is the antidote to this kind of nonsense. And we have to do our utmost to, to change the culture because uh, the culture is is what animates these politics and uh, changing the culture will change the politics.
0: And Nico said, you, you, do you, fi, quick final thoughts from- final quote, realism, this you... is
2: a moment of clarity. Again, what we've been saying and other people say, no, no, it's not that uh, politics is gonna bring the change. No, politics brings debacle. Does this mean we give up? No, it means we work harder. It means we try harder. We've got reality on our side. And we're doing it. In fact, coming up this Sunday, if you're a member of the Rand Center UK,
0: we've got a new Zoom class with James Valiant. James is among, I would say, the top four or five objectivist scholars that I'm aware of living today. Extraordinarily knowledgeable. He's got a Zoom class, but you've got to be a member of the Rand Center UK, so Hit us up online, become a member of what we're doing. Thank you, Francis, Bonnie, Apollo, and all of uh, you for joining us on the Super Chat today. For Nikos, for Mark, thank you for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. And until then, we wish you best premises. Be well.
2: Thank you. Thanks, everyone.